we're going to talk about um, the same thing we've been talking about for, for a few Sundays now. And uh, how many of you have been liking so far um, the series? It's been amazing. Man, I've been learning myself. Um, so we've, uh, we're talking about gyra, this, this word that uh, means so much, um, means so much to us, to me personally now. And I know um, you guys are capturing that as well. Um, just that the fact that, you know, sometimes we use uh, the Lord will provide kind of in a cliche kind of way uh, as believers. And um, it's just become more of a reality for myself, knowing that that God does provide, you know, and what he provides, you know, it belongs to to him, but he lets us have it. But everything sort of belongs to to God um, because he gave it to us. And it's our job to kind of manage the things that he gives us well. And so that would be like in every aspect of of our life, um, you know, health, finances, ministry, relationships. Just it's our job to try and be the best stewards we can be, the best managers of our life as we can be. The cool thing about this is that it's all empowered through Jesus Christ. It's not on your effort. It's not on your strategies and your way of thinking, but it's all empowered by his grace. Amen. So it's always good to if, um, for example, you find yourself kind of tired and weary and you feel like you've been laboring rather than uh, there's a difference between you know, working and doing greater works that Christ promised us that we would do. And sometimes if you do get tired and if you feel weary and like stuff, doing stuff for God and reading the word and that becomes kind of like uh, burdensome is because we've lost sense of the grace of God in our life. And so it's important for us to when we feel that way, just take some time to go back and think of the grace of God in our life and how he saved us without um you know without us deserving it and and he gave us the gift of salvation and and he gave us his love his unfailing unconditional beautiful love amen and he gave it to us without expecting anything back from us he gave us his his grace his love and so we work from that point of view and so sometimes as humans what happens to us is we forget those things and we kind of lose sight of those things and we'll be like like, you know, going to church and we'll be going to work and things will happen and they'll bring us down because we kind of need to be reminded that one, God is good and he has saved us. We're his children and we're highly favored by him. Amen. So that is important for us to, as we continue this topic and this talk, that we would see that everything comes from he has provided for us, that not, he's not going to be Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. It's not in the future. It's in the now and forever. So he is Jehovah Jireh. That means the Lord has provided and he will provide for our lives. And from that point, from that angle is what we look at through everything. So I think I've set the foundation pretty well, you know, obviously, thanks to the Holy Spirit. So if you have not heard any of the messages or you've missed one, go on our podcast and they're titled Jaira. Just, is it back here? Maybe not. Uh, is it back here now? Okay. So, so that's the title. So just go in our podcast if you haven't heard it yet. I know most of you have heard it, but it's important. Or even if you need to go back, uh, you need to read the verses yourself. Do that as well. Like, Study the word and don't take necessarily my word for it, but, you know, go with the Holy Spirit and say, like, what are you trying to say, Holy Spirit? What are you what are you trying to say? So um, 
Anyway, um, so let's go to Genesis chapter 4, if you will, please. Genesis chapter 4. When you have it, please say, uh, please say amen when you have it. All right. So we're going to read from verse 2, um, 2 to 5. And it says, I'm reading NLT version, and then we'll pray after we read. It says, later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain uh, presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock, The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Amen? All right, let's pray really quick. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for your word. I pray that you speak, Lord, and that you, you just speak to us, God. And Holy Spirit, your presence is here, and we just ask that you would, uh, you would speak, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Uh, Kevin, can you come here real quick? I need to tell you something. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> cool. All right. Just needed to handle some something. Um, so, Cain and Abel, amen? <laughs> Sorry about that. I just want to make sure we're all good and safe here. Um, so, Cain and Abel, as you guys know, you guys I'm sure have heard stories and you've heard everything that has happened. And um, they were brothers, of course, and they were sons of Eve and Adam. And uh, what happens is they grow up and they begin to, to do stuff that, you know, is of the land. Like they work the land, right? Uh, specifically, Cain works the actual land where he... You know, he plants, he sows, and he reaps, and there's harvests and things like that for him, which is awesome and beautiful. And Abel is a shepherd, so he has sheep that he takes care of. So he's a caretaker of sheep, amen? And so when it comes time, and it comes time to give an offering to God, they, uh, they both bring an offering. And, but there's a difference between the offerings that they bring. Um, as we read here, Cain, it says, It says here, when it was time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. So Cain presented uh, a portion of his crops uh, as a gift to the Lord. It says some of his crops as a gift to God. Amen. So as we see Cain here, he has a good intention. And and he he wants to do right by God. He wants to do the right thing. Uh, But he's sort of bringing something that... Is, is almost like the excess of or, or not exactly what Abel brings. So we see the difference between them two. We see that Abel, he, he says, um, Abel also brought a gift in verse 4, the best. In my version, I love this version, NLT, it says, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. Now, I read other versions where it was just one lamb here. It's plural. He says he brought the, the best 
firstborn lambs. He brought the best that he could bring to God. And I think that's a good lesson for us, amen, that we would give our best to God, amen. And it's interesting because our best is what he has created, amen, because we were in darkness and we were in sin, but he created in us a new creation, amen, and now we can offer our best to him, amen. So it, it, it goes from there. So as we can see here, and I have a question for you, as we can see here, has the Lord provided for both of them? Yes, amen. So we can see that God has provided. Now, God did what is on his side to do. He has provided. He, Cain has vegetation. Cain has, has land. He has soil. He has seed. He has harvest. And he has the, the, the plants and the vegetation, they get watered. Amen. They need water. So God provides all of that for him. So God has provided. Amen. Now, Abel... Abel has sheep. Has God provided for him? Yes. So he has sheep. God has provided the sheep. There's the grass so they can eat. There's the water, the river so they can drink. And he takes care of them. Now, in both situations, God has provided. Now, for you and I, 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 would, I would say and suggest that God has provided for us. Amen? I mean, maybe we don't have the Mercedes Benz that we want, or maybe that's just me. But we have everything that God has provided. We have everything that we need. Amen. He has provided his. Let's just start here. Here. This should be enough for you, but I'll just start here. You're saved. You have Jesus in your heart. All right. We should stop there. But he didn't stop there. Amen. He said, you're saved. I give you my peace. I give you my grace. I give you my mercy. And on top of that, he says, you know what? I'm not satisfied with giving you just that little bit. Now, to me, that's big. But to him, he's like, that's a little bit. I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you my kingdom. I'm going to let you uh, uh, be a royal priest with me in my kingdom. I'm going to be a co-heir with you. You're going to be a co-heir with me of my kingdom. God says, I'm going to partner with you. You're going to partner with me, and we are going to rule together. Together. Like, not you, Jesus, just you want us to rule with you. You want us to reign with you. Now, imagine that. God says, look, salvation, I did it. Peace, I give. Righteousness, joy, I give. The fruits of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, power, all of that I give. And on top of that, I want you to reign with me. Has God provided for you? Amen. Now, that should be enough. But you know what? God is still not satisfied. He's like, I want to give you more. I want to give you family. I want to give you friends and relationships and brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know what? I'm going to provide a job for you where you can earn and you can, and you can see that my hand is over you. And then he gives and he gives and he gives. Now, as he's giving us, now, this is like all the way from top to bottom, I guess you can say he has provided for us. As he's given us, then he sees what we do with what he gives us, what we do with what he has provided for us. And he has provided some amazing things. Now, for, for a long time here at Grace and Love Church, we've always talked about like giving people like praying for them to heal, um, you know, praying for them to receive the Holy Spirit, giving of what we have. You guys remember when Peter and John 
was walking for the first time and they did their first miracle after Jesus had resurrected and ascended. There was a crippled guy. He was asking for silver and gold. Remember that? He said, can I have some silver and gold? And, and Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I will give to you. Get up in the name of Jesus Christ. That's beautiful, isn't it? So Peter and John gave from what they had. Jesus told them, freely you have received, freely give. But when it comes to like our possessions materially, uh, we see that a little differently. We see that as like, man, I work hard for that. You know what I'm saying? Like I went to school for a thousand years, it felt like. Maybe it was like five or six. And now I've graduated and, and I still don't have a job the way I want to have a job because I should be in advertising. I'm talking about me. I should be in advertising, but I'm working in an office, which is cool. I love my job. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But he has provided that for me. And now he has freely given me. You guys know my testimony of how I, I got my job. You guys know that it was a miracle that God provided for me. How can I not be thankful? Yes, I don't like the traffic. Yes, I can do if California didn't have traffic. Oh, God, I think I would be in heaven already. Because the job, the no traffic, oh, it would be amazing. But how can I not be thankful for what God has given me? And how can I not take care of what God has given me? And then how can I not release it when he asked me to? I heard a testimony of some guy, some pastor. He said uh, for so long he had a church that was like always like 20, 30 people. Kind of reminded me of something. And, and, and I thought, uh, and he said that he, as he grew, he always like saw that when people were in need, he tried to help as much as possible. Obviously, his resources weren't as good, but after he was, his church grew and his church grew and the numbers grew, he, he didn't no longer wear, you know, uh, like probably what I'm wearing now. He started to wear suits and he really fell in love with buying suits and he would buy, you know, guys, suits are really expensive. I mean, you can go to downtown and get you a suit for like $70, but like the suits that he was buying were like a thousand bucks, you know, Armani, all that stuff. He was like big pastor guy. So he says that uh, one day uh, he totally forgot who he was because of his success. He totally forgot that he was the guy that was always ready to help someone in need, that, that he didn't have anything nowhere to go to church that expensive. He totally forgot. And he was pastoring and ministering and giving, giving what God had, had put on him, giving as far as his gifts and the Holy Spirit and all that. He was giving and he got lost in his success because he forgot what we're learning today, that the Lord is our provider, that everything that we have is because of him. He forgot about that. So one day he, he met this man. He met this young man who was poor and, and God began to teach this pastor from this young man and he brought him into his house and and this pastor had I think I think 15 or, or 16 uh suits in his closet now they're expensive suits so it doesn't sound like a lot but they're expensive suits so he had 16 suits and this young man as as they began to have relationship God began to work in this pastor through this young man just by learning from coming from kind of like that place of need, basically. So he was helping this young man, and God spoke to this pastor one day, and he said, I want you to give him all your suits. He was like, what? 
He heard it in his heart, but he was like, no, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of, you know, when God speaks to you and it's strong and you're like, man, that's got to be Satan. Like, God can't be asking me to give my car away to, no, I rebuke it, Jesus. And God was like, no, it's me. I'm telling you, give him your suits. You know what happened to this pastor? He had fallen in love with his stuff. He had fallen in love with his suits. Can you imagine that? I hate suits. No, I'm just kidding. He had fallen in love with his stuff. And God is like, I need you to release it. Give it away to this young man. He was making all kinds of excuses up. I don't even, he's a little fatter than I am. Lord, I don't know if it's going to fit him. Give it to him. But, you know, like some of these are even like dirty a little bit. Maybe I should clean them first, take them to the dry cleaners, think about it a little bit, and then maybe I'll think about it. No, right now, right now. Like they were in the house right now. Give them all your suits. Lord, I'm just going to end up with like socks and shoes over here. What do you want me to do? Give him everything. So the pastor was obedient. He was obedient to the, to the call, right? And he said, he went upstairs, he got all his suits, he put them together. As much as he could bring down, he started bringing them down. The young man's there, and he's like, what are you doing? Just hold on, I got to go back upstairs because I got like 10 more. Came back down, came back down, put them on the sofa or wherever he, he, they were, and he said, hey, I'm going to let you have all of these suits. And the young man broke down, crying, because someone had cared enough to give up a lot. Might not be everything, right? But give up a lot to bless someone. And I think that's exactly what God does with us. He doesn't see, you know, amounts or that you know he sees heart heart and what he saw in Cain and Abel was heart that was all what when Abel when Abel got his his harvest let's say let's call it harvest his his firstborn his first thought was what Abraham displayed you know how we talked about Abraham and Isaac his first thought was this is what God has provided. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. So the question for us would be, who do you think of when you receive from God? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you receive from him? Is it, thank you, God, or is it, I worked really hard for this? That's, the, that's key right there. That's key, that we would think, man, God, you provided for me you gave me this so i'm able to release it now i'm able to give freely because you've provided for me freely so you see that abel here he brings a gift the best portions now god again he had provided but abel's heart was like look at i'm producing it's multiplying wow favor god is providing i'm gonna give it to him this is all for him. I got a raise. Look at that one had twins. It's all for God. And Cain was like, oh, my God, look at all this harvest. I'm going to be eating good for years here. Oh, and I guess I'll give something to God. That was the difference. So when we look at our, 
Not even our, our check or our finances. When we look at just everything that God gives us. Relationships, you know, just health, everything that God gives us. How do we react to that? How do we, how does our heart, how is our heart positioned towards that? Is it, wow, God, are we amazed by what God does, even in the little still? Or do we miss the small details in life where God is like, look at what I did. Right there is tiny, but I did it for you. God has provided for us, and he will continue to provide. Now, Abel comes, and he gives his gift. He gives firstborn lambs from his flock, and the Lord accepted Abel. Listen to what the Lord says here. It's important. He says, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Here's a cool thing for us. Here's a cool thing for us that I want you to know. We're in the new covenant, so for us, he has accepted us already. Here with Abel, he accepted him and his gift. For you, you don't have to work on being accepted. So your offering and your thankfulness and gratefulness doesn't make you more accepted from God. Amen? You're already accepted. So now you can give freely. And unfortunately, he did not accept Cain and his gift. And that made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. He looked downcasted. He was, like, down about it. God wants us to, to flourish. There's a verse in John that says, I want you to prosper in everything as your soul prospers. That's what it says. I think it's first of John. I want, your, I, I want you to prosper in everything as your soul prospers. So as your soul is prospering, which is main, the main thing for God, he wants all of your life to prosper as well. I've said this before, and, and maybe you missed it because it was a lot that I said for wealth uh, mentality. What God spoke to me is God doesn't want you to make you prosperous and rich is different. A rich person, they don't really think about others. A prosperous person is, is to prosper others. Is to give. They become a faucet and a fountain that just gives and releases and releases and releases to give to other people. You get what I'm saying? So it's not like God wants to make you rich. God wants to make you prosperous. That's a lot different. Amen? So what was the difference between, between Cain and Abel is that Abel had his priorities straight because God had taught him that. Adam had taught him that. Have your priorities straight. What is, what is first? God. What is second? God. Third, everything is God. In my finances, he's first. In my health, he's first. In my ministry, in my marriage, in my relationships, he is first. He guides me through everything. So Abel understood that when God provided, he is first. So he gave. And God displayed that in his creation. He displayed priorities. So I want to I show you that. Because that's an, another cool principle here in Genesis chapter 1. And please say amen when you have it, and I'll drink a water. Genesis chapter 1. You hear there? Verse 9. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear and that is what happened 
God called the dry ground land and the waters seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed bearing plant and trees that grow seed bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kind of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed bearing plants and trees with seed bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Amen? All right. So this is awesome here. So God is creating, right? Now remember, the world is in chaos, and it's, it's basically out of order. Amen? Do you remember what that says? The earth, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. So it was, it was empty. There was chaos. There was disorder. There was all this mess, right? So God comes and he starts creating stuff, and he starts also to regenerate things, to separate things, and create order. So he says, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. And God called the dry ground land and the waters seas. Now, to us, that's like been like that the whole time for us. So we don't, you know, for us, it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's normal for us. But what God did in this, in this moment is he's separating earth, you know, land, and he's separating the waters. He's creating order on earth. Does that make sense? He creates this order, and then things start to ha- other things start to happen. So in order for multiplication to happen, there needs to be order. You see, he couldn't start multiplying the trees and the vegetations unless he separated the land and the ocean. Are you you with me? He says, he called the dry ground land and the water seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation. So he does the same thing. uh, Later on when he says, uh, for example, he says, you know, he separated the waters. And then he says, let let all the animals start growing in the waters and multiplying. And then he says the the animals and small creatures and critters start, start to multiply in the land. Why? Because he created order. Now, sometimes in our life, we want multiplication without order, without priorities. But that's tough. God can't give you multiplication if there's no order because the disorder is going to lead you back to disorder. So, for example, look, I'm going to put myself out there. So, for example, you know how you get that one check? I call it the good check, you know, like it has the the least amount of bills. It's like that that mid-month check. That's for me. And you look at that check and you're like, I have maybe like one bill on this check. There's a lot of money here. God is good. And you're like, let's go to, you know, eat out tonight and for the rest of the month. Let's go to the movies. Let's go to blah, 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 you know. And then we create a lifestyle that we can't afford. And then when the, when the bad check comes, you know that bad check which is actually a good check, but just for example, right? That bad check where you're like, man, this check, rent and bills, and I'm like, I'm gonna have $20 for a month or for two weeks till I get paid again. And you're like living, you know, scratching the surface. I've lived like this. This happens, happened 
to me. I would, you know, 40 bucks to go grocery shopping and a couple of noodles and, and canned beans and, and, and just unhealthy stuff, by the way. And then the good check comes and you're like, oh, let's go here and there. And oh, my God, we're like money right now. So we don't create order in our life. And we expect God to multiply it. And it's tough because God doesn't want to give you a stone when he really wants to give you his bread. But if he gives it to you and, and there's disorder, like my parents would tell me all the time. And I'm sure some of your parents have said it or you parents have said it. It doesn't matter if you make millions. If you live the same, you're going to spend it, and you're going to live paycheck to paycheck, even if you make 100000 a year. But in your mind, you're thinking, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. But it's true, guys. From experience, I've, I'm, I'm telling you, I've made a significant good amount of money and live paycheck to paycheck, and I've made a lower amount of money and same thing. Why? Because of the order in our life. There's no order. We need to organize ourselves. You need to be, you need to be like, like if you, if you do have millions, if you are wealthy, because you are, you're rich in God. You're rich in him. So if, you know, like a wealthy person, you may think that they don't care about money. Like, no, I'll spend it. Buy a giraffe and two tigers. But no, <laughs> Those are the people that get maybe rich quick, you know. Check this statistic out. Most of the lottery winners end up bankrupt. I think it's about 90% or more. They didn't have order. They won the lottery. They won 50 million, Jerry, 50 million. And five years later, gone. Broke. They have to file for bankruptcy. Why? Why? I ask myself, if I won the lottery, would that happen to me? Maybe. Maybe. Because there's no order. See, Abel understood the order. He understood the order. He's like, wow, this is for God. See, when you give to God, he gives back. He, he multiplies. Now, don't give to, to get multiplied, right? Give because you understood Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provided. So, God creates this order, and then he commands things to multiply, multiply, multiply. And that's what God wants for you, brothers and sisters. Trust me. That's what God wants for us. So when we start creating this order, you know, wealthy people, people that have a lot of money, they, they have budgets. No, no dollar they don't know about. They, don't, they know every penny. Like, wait, wait, this, what is this $2 for? What do we, like they have big corporations. What are these $2? You guys that work for corporations know. I work for a corporation that brings in $96 million a year, which obviously I don't see none of. <laughs> but I am the guy. I am one, there's two guys. I am one of the guys that gets all the money, let's say, and, and I'm inputting all the money and sending it out, sending it out. $96 million we did this year. And we're projected to do $115 million next year. Okay? Every penny they notice. If I miss a payment by a penny, they'll come. Hey, uh, this is a, you inputted, you know, $100.03, but you should have given the musician two cents 
102 cents. So, you know, you can't make those mistakes. And I'm like, oh, my God. What about the 100 million that I did correct? Right? <laughs> but the, the penny, right? The penny. Why? Because, unfortunately, they, they've learned how to steward better than us. That's unfortunately. Y'all, we have like, you guys are smart. You guys are awesome people of God. You guys are kingdom people. I, I want to empower you. Sit down with your spouse or whoever with yourself and say, okay, this is what we can do with this. Right now, I'm not in the season of going on vacation right now to Hawaii. I'm not in that season right now. So I have to organize and put myself in order and say, right now, I could maybe take a vacation and go to um, Orange County. <laughs> downtown Disney, that's the weekend. I'm going to do downtown Disney for the weekend. And, and that's my season right now. And I'm okay with that. I can't look at someone that went to Hawaii and Paris and France and be like, Lord, like, I rebuke them. That's not fair. Because maybe they stewarded their finances correctly, right? So I have to be like Abel and say, I have to put this stuff in order. God first with my stuff. And then you will see multiplication. And you will see things that you want to do. Because I know you, I want to go, go to New Zealand. You know what I mean? That's random. I want to go to, actually, my wife wants to go. I want to go to Hawaii. That's where I want to go. That's not impossible, that's just organizing, stewarding, being the person that God has called. I am empowered. I, I am a royal priest. I am rich with God. So now I have wisdom. I have, I have knowledge. I, I, I have the ability. You are not, you don't, you know, you got to break the mold. Most of us here grew up in need, right? We grew up in neighborhoods where we were in need, where we saw our parents working day and night to just bring food to the table. We come from that life, so let's break that life and let's become kingdom people that are putting God first and stewarding our finances. That's what God wants for us, that we would do that. And so I encourage you, I encourage you and I empower you in the name of Jesus Christ that you can do this. You will have financial freedom. You will do it. It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be overnight necessarily. It is going to take some, some practice, some practicing. You know, eating healthy for me was so hard at first. It was so weird to think of eating like healthy stuff. Now I'm enjoying it. At first, it's going to be hard to say, God, first, let me give my offering and my tithing. It's going to be hard at first. But after practice and practice, you're going to be like, God, I can't wait to get my check so that I can give to God. That's what God wants for us. You know, uh, Carlos gave me a really good example that I want to share with you guys. And it's kind of funny at the same time. So when couples get married, right, they... uh. It, it's sometimes for some, it's hard to, uh, to combine the bank accounts. Amen? Okay. <clears throat> it's hard to, to you're, you get married and, you're, and you have your bank account, you know, your B of A account since 1998 when you were a student. 
and the wife has some other bank. And you're like, no, but a B of A, though, like 1998. And it's hard to combine and say, this is our money. Now, this is just an example. This is not the case. Let's say, you know, the husband is making $100,000 a year. The wife is also working, and she's making, you know, tw- let's, let's change it. The wife is making $100,000 a year, and the husband is making $12,000 a year. And, you know, the, the, especially the husband, he's like, I don't want to combine. I have, this is my money. That's your money. We're cool. You pay everything, and I'll t- don't worry about it. And it's hard to combine. Although it would be beneficial for the husband because the wife is balling, so it would be beneficial for the husband to combine with the, with, with the wife so they can have one bank account and one pot. Amen? Come on, somebody. 100000 All right. Just an example. Just an example. So what happens with us sometimes is God, he is balling. Like, he is rich. He is the owner, the creator of silver and gold. But what we do is like, I'm not, this is my money right here, God. You got a good bank account, and I do like it, and I do want to draw from it. But this one right here is mine. But imagine if we were to partner up with God and say, Lord, it's ours. Ooh, I just felt his presence. It's ours, God. As a matter of fact, Lord, it's yours. You tell me, God. Tell me, what do I do with this? Spend it all? No, okay. But what do I do, God? What do I do with what you have provided? And you can look at that in every aspect of your life. Every aspect. I'm learning this too, y'all. I'm not saying I woke up one day and I'm like, whew, I'm, I'm set. I could write a book tomorrow. No, I'm learning this honestly as I go. If it seems like it's a little like here and there about things, it's because I'm learning too. I'm learning too. So let's learn together. Let's learn together. Let's partner up with God in this. And we're going to see our, our finances just become free. I'll leave you. I'll end with this. Oh, we're good. I'll end with this. As I was preparing, I had a vision. I was, I was praying, and I had a vision. And I saw this man, this, like, young man, kind of. It doesn't matter the age, but I just saw a man. And he was, he was in, in, uh, in chains, his, his legs were in chains and his, and his arms. He was in chains like this. And he was very tired and very uh, beat up. He was in chains. So I'm praying and I'm asking God, what is that? And he said, my people are in bondage with their finances. One, because of the decisions they make. And two, which really shocked me, because of my church. Because Church is not teaching correctly about this stuff. So now people, I, I hear this all the time, and I, I honestly, I know hate is a strong word, but I really, really dislike this. Oh, uh, I got to pay my tithe. You don't got to pay nothing. You don't owe God anything. Trust me, he doesn't need your money. That's diff- it's, it's your heart, you wanting to give. That's what he wants to see. That's what he wants to see. So this, this man would be in bondage and chains, and his hand would be free. And then he, it looked like he was trying to work with one hand, and everything else was in bondage. And he was trying to work, and as he would work, it would be in bondage again. And the Lord told me, look, some people have made decisions to make themselves bound. 
And some leaders and ministers have actually bounded my people. And I want them to be free. And today I was in the back. I went to pray in the back. And the Lord said, he said, look, preach like if the whole world is listening. That's what he told me. Preach like if the entire world was listening. Because one day they will. And I said, Lord, I believe that. And I'm going to say that out loud and confess it. I don't care if the haters rise up. But I'm going to say what you say, God. God is good. And he wants to bless you, brothers and sisters. He has blessed you, brothers and sisters. And he wants to give you more. So let's get it in order so we can see multiplication. Amen. And we're going to continue to talk about this and talk about this maybe two more times or, or we'll see what the Lord says. Amen. So let's pray. Let's pray.